mystery. In our history. This is quite possibly the most frustrated I've ever been doing research on any of the topics that we've discussed and just in general in my lifetime. Why? What's frustrating about Flat Earth? Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> What's at all irritating? Well, let's get this party started. All right. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Mystery in Our History podcast, where we take an in-depth look at all things urban legend and conspiracy theory related and how they came to be. I'm J.R. Supa. That's Chris Berry. And here we go. So we discussed this briefly in past episodes, and quite frankly, we haven't been too kind. At least I haven't been too kind. Chris has kind of agreed to me, but I've been the aggressor. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But this week, we wanted to do a deep dive into Flat Earth and present this theory and conspiracies held within in a more unbiased manner, which is going to be a freaking task. But (laughs) before we get started, I cannot stress enough that neither Chris nor myself believes that the Earth is flat. Right. It's the most important thing to take away from this. (laughs) We believe in the scientific evidence presented by pretty much every scientist and Pythagoras. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, I'm open to the idea that's presented, but I don't believe it. You know what I mean? That's fine. I'll listen to your argument, but, like... But stop. Yeah. But (laughs) there is a considerable portion of the Earth's population that disagrees and that warrants a podcast with less than 100 listeners to cover it. <laughs> yep. So let's get started. Yeah, that's less than 100, yeah. but it's rising. We're yeah. rising. Absolutely. I, I was out last night with a few friends. I got two more subscriptions on the iTunes page, so, you know, hey. good to go. Good shit. All right, so let's start of the history. Let's start with the history of Flat Earth Belief. All right, let's do this. Yes, so historically, different people have suggested various locations as the center of the universe. Many mythological cosmologies included an axis mundi, the center axis of flat earth that connects the earth, heavens, and other realms together. So that's like back when we had like heaven, earth, hell, and it was all just... Yeah. Yeah. Or if you're not a religious person, then you can do like something like Yu-Gi-Oh, where there's like Earth and then the Shadow Realm <laughs> that you can get banished to. Yes. Wow. I think you know what? This is episode eleven. That's our first Yu-Gi-Oh reference. <laughs> Many more to come. Don't worry. <laughs> I got plenty. All right. Now, in the fourth century BCE, Greece philosophers developed the geocentric model based on astronomical observation. This model proposed that the center of the universe lies at the center of a spherical stationary Earth around which the sun, moon, planets, and stars rotate. With development of the heliocentric model by Nicholas Copernicus in the 16th century, the sun was believed to be the center of the universe, with the planets, including Earth, and stars orbiting it. Dead on on that pronunciation, by the way. It was good. Good job. I was practicing. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I've been practicing, uh, but I was gonna say it's uh, it's pretty good for like fourth century Greece, like yeah. figuring all that out honestly, and like I, I said it once, and I'll say it again. Like without the modern distractions, they just learn, 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 mm-hmm. and just you know how they figured it out? Fucking science. 
That's right. Yeah. That's right, with, with reason and logic. <laughs> exactly. So the idea of a spherical Earth appeared in Greek philosophy with Pythagoras, 6th century B.C., uh, although most pre-Socratic 6th and 5th century B.C. retained the flat Earth model. Uh, in the early 4th century B.C., Plato wrote about the spherical Earth, and by about 330 B.C., his former student Aristotle provided evidence for the spherical shape of the Earth on empirical grounds. Knowledge of the spherical Earth gradually began to spread beyond the Hellenistic, Hellenistic world, and from then on. <laughs> this is a dang old Greeks at it again with their education and, <laughs> you know, just teaching everyone what's up. Just leading the world. And it's funny, too, because, like, even with that, the ancient Greeks stalled science probably about at least a few hundred years because it really? was just like this is what we we believe and that's what it's going to be and it was like with you know like the philosophers and stuff they were just saying stuff and people were like oh it's socrates he's got to be right or aristotle he's got to be right but like in general they kind of set us back a while because they were just spewing nonsense with no proof i actually never knew that that's uh that's that's really interesting Much like flat earthers yeah <laughs> what do you mean they got a good argument <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Despite the scientific fact of Earth's sphericity, pseudoscientific flat Earth conspiracy theories are exposed by modern flat Earth societies and increasingly by unaffiliated individuals using social media. Oh, goddamn. Yeah, dude, you see that shit on every corner of the internet. I'm talking like Reddit, Facebook, mm -hmm. Instagram, 4chan, Tumblr, Twitter, like everywhere, dude. Yeah. Like some, some flat earther is on. Every Everywhere. single like platform, yeah. and and they're not shy. Mm -mm. They'll just bombard you with shit. It's crazy. <laughs> the second you're just like, no, it's it's fear. They're just like, well, fuck you. Here's a bunch of weird pictures, and it's just like, all right, chill. Oh, don't worry. We will, we'll be getting into um, <laughs> their fantastic theories and conspiracies on the next Flat Earth episode, which will technically be episode thirteen because we are going to be taking a break next week to do a Halloween episode for you guys. Um, which actually works out better for us because if I had to do Flat Earth two weeks in a row, I'd probably blow my brains out. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll cover what their beliefs are and like some of their conspiracies and stuff in episode 13. Are we infiltrating their pages and stuff on socials? Uh, I, listen, they've been, they're still ducking me. Damn. Yeah, like I emailed them multiple times and um, I mean, I get it. Like I'm not important, but I think they're just cowards. Yeah, they are cowards. Anyway, keep in mind that a lot of what we're going to be discussing over the course of these multiple episodes is going to be coming straight from the Flat Earth Society itself. It may sound like we're presenting some of these ideas and things as facts, but in reality, we're just reading what they're saying and what they believe. If any of this angers you, congratulations, you're a rational human being and not a blind cultist. Just don't get mad at us for opening the curtain. You knew what this was when you clicked play. It's in the title. <laughs> right. But JR, what if this podcast makes another flat earth believer because of all the ironclad proof that they're about to present to us? If what I present causes someone to believe the earth is flat, <laughs> I'll stop podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's not a, yeah. true. That's not true. I won't stop podcasting, but I will tell them they're fucking morons. There you go. That's a that's a tall order. Yeah. So let's start with 
the Zetetic Method. My fi- one of my favorite parts about Flat Earth. So before we get into everything that Flat Earthers believe and who the important figures and individuals in this cult, which is really what it is, are, we should first look at what they use to justify all of their beliefs. That would be the Zetetic Method. What the hell is that, you ask? You should because it's nonsense, but here we go anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, come on, JR, you got to keep an open mind here because you're you're going to get, you're going to be convinced by the end of this. Chris, do you know what the Zetetic Method is? <laughs> no, okay. not at all. Here we go. Sounds like something you have to make up to win. So. Fun fact. It's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> the Zetetic Method an alternative to the scientific method developed by a 19th century flat earther who we'll get into later is a method in which sensory observations reign supreme flat earth society vice president michael wilmore told life's little mysteries quote broadly the method takes the method places a lot of emphasis on reconciling empiricism and rationalism and making logical deductions based on empirical data end quote the zetetic astronomy the perception that earth is flat leads to the deduction that it must actually be flat the anti-moon nasa conspiracy and all the rest are just rationalizations for how that might work in practice <laughs> dude i ran the i read the uh nasa anti-moon conspiracy and i was like what's that and then, like i looked it up and it's just land mooning like moon landing deniers i was just like you oh. idiot yeah yeah exactly <laughs> But man, the the moon landing. What a what a weird one. Yeah. But I, I well I we're gonna to get we'll, into that. we'll cover the moon landing. Don't you worry. Okay, perfect. Good good. Yeah. Um. So, quick side note. Wilmore and the society's president, a 35 year old Virginia born Londoner named Daniel Shenton, both think the evidence for global warming is strong despite much of its evidence coming from satellite data gathered by NASA, the kingpin of the round-earth conspiracy, according to them. They also accept evolution and most other mainstream tenets of science. That's it's so weird. just flat earth. Yeah, it's like it's like saying, like, I believe the, J- like the JFK government narrative, but being like, oh, but 9-11 is just bonkers. Like, I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. Like, how is there any logic behind that? So stupid. That Believe me. Now, here's the crazy thing. I tried to find a definition for the Zetetic Method outside of the FES, which, by the way, FES is going to be referred to as Flat Earth Society. I just don't want to keep saying Flat Earth Society through this whole thing. That's fair. But I tried to find a definition outside of the FES for Zetetic Method and could not because they (laughs) created it. (laughs) Like, there's no outside source other than, like, whatever is telling you what the Zetetic Method is, is getting it straight from them. Jeez. So, so this definition but that means What that means is exactly what you said, Chris. These people actually made up a method to fit their needs. So, as a result, all I have to give you is the FES's explanation of Zeneticism. Jesus, I can't wait to hear this. Oh, it's good stuff, man. Zeteticism is the system of scientific inquiry. The word is derived from the Greek word zetio, 
which means to search or examine, to proceed only by inquiry. Sure. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. So far, eh, not bad, yeah. right? Zeteticism differs from the usual scientific method in that using zeteticism, which I really hate that I have to keep saying this fucking word over and over again. Yeah. You just say Z. Yeah. If you want. <laughs> Zeti. Zeti. Um, <laughs> using zeteticism, once one bases his or her conclusions on, by the way, according to the FES, it's actually his conclusions. Like, women aren't allowed, but I think that's just because they're chauvinistic, not because they're fucking actually sexist. <laughs> um, I just tried to throw that in there to make it more PC. Uh <laughs> Using zeteticism, one bases his or her conclusions on experimentation and observation rather than on an initial theory that is to be proved or disproved. So don't have an idea and then prove your idea. Notice something, and that's the law. Yeah, A zetetic great. forms the question, then immediately sets to work making observations and performing experiments to answer that question. Rather than speculating on what the right. answer might be, then testing that out. Okay, so taking out all scientific method. Correct. Great, got it. Perfect. 100% ignoring oh, the scientific method. That's genius. I mean, why didn't I think of that? Would you like an example, Chris? Yeah, please. Here's I'm an dying example. for an example. <laughs> <laughs> In questioning the shape of the Earth, the zetetic does not make a hypothesis suggesting that the Earth is round or flat and then proceed testing that hypothesis. He, or she, skips that step and devises an experiment that will determine the shape of the Earth and bases his, or her, conclusion on the result of that experiment. Many feel this is a more reasonable method than the normal scientific method because it removes any preconceived notions and biases the formation of a hypothesis might cause and leaves the conclusion up entirely to what is observed. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I guess. Here's the thing, though. Like, I like beer and I like Cheerios, but, like, <laughs> do I really need to have a zetetic experiment to mix the two and eat them together and discover I don't like mixing those two things together? Like... <laughs> Come on, man. That's so stupid. Or, like, can I just go on the notion that they're just going to taste like shit? Like, that's... I feel like that's a pretty fair example of zetetic reasoning. It's yeah, so it's, bad. It's so... My favorite part of that example is that they actually say, many feel this is more reasonable. Many. Many. Now... Half the population. I don't... I can't remember because... I didn't reread this outline and the other outline. Like, I've been working on all of these outlines, so they're all just kind of melding together. So I can't remember <laughs> what episode we're going to discuss the actual amount of flat earthers on this planet. But comparatively speaking, it's not many. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, if you it's take like a small overall, fraction. if you take the overall population of the Earth and how many of them are flat earthers... It's not many. <laughs> Jeez. Good. Yes. So let's discuss Flat Earth in the modern era, shall we? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I apologize to Chris and all the listeners for just how uh, disinterested I might seem in, in going <laughs> through this. But I hate it so much. I hate everything about it. But I also, it's like a combination of being frustrated because these fuckers ducked me and 
the fact that I now had to sift through all of this nonsensical crap. Like, there'll be links when we get into it about, <laughs> like, because they have a wiki. I swear to God, the Flat Earth Society site is is ridiculous, and they have their own wiki. And That's so crazy, dude. Oh, dude, just going through this wiki one by one is just the worst thing <laughs> ever. Like... Like when you were saying, "Oh, can we bang out both like two episodes in a row?" I, like I almost just responded with "Fuck you, you read the wiki." Yeah, <laughs> because there was there was no way I was going to be able to get through the wiki in enough time, a to make this accurate, and b to not blow my brains out in the process. Yeah, see, like when I discovered the or like when I like find these conspiracies, it's usually on something stupid, like reddit or facebook or whatever and it's just people like going back and forth and just like providing stupid examples Mm -hmm. left and right oh welcome to flat earth dude wait just wait that's why it's so hard to like research stuff like this because like you have to just kind of be there in the moment when you have to sift through the bullshit it's terrible this exactly these this like anything any conspiracy that essentially denounces widely accepted science things that have been proven and proven over and over again anything that like is same thing with like global warming and shit and evolution like the the people that think that those are bullshit and conspiracies and all that kind of stuff it's so difficult to do that research as someone who just takes like the logical acceptance of it because it's freaking science right because right. it's just but like, also it's mind-numbing I get it. I get it. No, there's no but also. I, like, because there's always, because there's always, like, the argument of just, like, well, can you take what one person says as law? Or, like, no, but that's how why can you know every experiment for, yeah. in order to be accepted as scientific, like, law, right. if you want to call it scientific law, anything accepted in the world of science not only needs to be an experiment that's been done, but it has to be redone by other people number of right. times getting the same result it's the opposite of insanity right no i get it and like exactly it's just like what is this you think like this is really like a worldwide ruse? like yeah it's yeah. It, that's what peer reviews are is like one guy goes i've discovered this or i did this and it's scientific law now and people are like hold the friggin' phone there jack johnson the fact of the matter is is that i ran your experiment three extra times and didn't get it so nice try but fuck off Right. And and then it's not scientific law anymore. Like that, it's just not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Newton discovered gravity. You don't think gravity's been tested and retested? Right. Exactly. <laughs> and and because that's the thing is like sometimes we do discover something, but it's not quite what we thought. So we keep we keep yeah. taking a look at it and we yeah. test and retest until we understand it fully. Right. Exactly. We digress. <laughs> Flat Earth in the modern era. Now, we all know there was a time long ago in a galaxy far, far away where everyone thought the Earth was flat. Then that evolved into the Earth was round, but that's the center of the universe, and everything revolved around the Earth. And ironically, that was determined using the Zetetic method before it was ever conceived. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's like early science was the Zetetic yeah. method. I it's mean, just, I this is what I see. With. Right. Because yeah. they're standing on the earth, 
Right. They see that everything else is essentially looks like it's revolving around the Earth. They so that's the conclusion or... they came to. Right? Exactly. The stars start here and they work their way over there. Right. Which is fine. You know what? Okay, cool. Yeah. It's been proven. Well, slide. Right. Yeah. Think about it. Right? Because like, like I said, you look up in the sky, you see the sun start in the east, you sense it in the west. Right? Then the moon does the same stuff. Then all the stars seem to be repeating the same patterns over the course of the year. You know, every year. Perception led to belief. The difference was that using the scientific method, these beliefs were challenged and new science was created, evolving our knowledge and bettering our understanding of our world and ultimately the universe. And that's that's good. I mean, we need to keep evolving right. how we look at things. Like it, Again, like staying in one lane for answers is not the right way to go. You gotta no, keep not even a little. Looking back, yeah, exactly. But somehow, through all of this, some people decided they just didn't care. And those few people carried their beliefs forward into the modern era to upset and annoy all of us to this very day. <laughs> There's some of the most prevalent here coming up are some of the most prevalent of those people. I was going to say important, but they're not important. <laughs> <laughs> you have such a strong disdain for these people, JR. You just really hate flat earthers. It wouldn't have been as bad if they didn't duck me. Just saying. That's fair. If, if they, I still had a later never, tone, guys. Right, like, I would have never believed them, but I would have respected them more for actually contacting me back. And <laughs> face being me like, like a man. What questions <laughs> do you have? Yeah, face me. Like, oh, I thought this was America. I'm oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, shit. Come face me. Coward. Come face me. All right. English writer Samuel Robotham from 1816 to 1885, writing under the pseudonym Parallax, produced a pamphlet, Zetetic Astronomy, in 1849, arguing for a flat Earth and published results of many experiments that tested the curvatures of water over a long drainage ditch, followed by another called The Inconsistency of Modern Astronomy and its Opposition to Scripture, which also comes into play a lot with these guys big on scripture i love their scriptures yeah. one of his supporters john hamden lost a bet to alfred russell wallace in the famous bedford level experiment which attempted to prove it in 1877 hampton produced a book the new manual of biblical cosmography robotham also produced studies that purported to show the effects of the ships disappearing below the horizon could be explained by the laws of perspective in relation to the human eye instead of the curvature of the earth. In 1883, he founded the Zetetic Societies in England and New York, to which he shipped a thousand copies of Zetetic Astronomy. So essentially, he was just some dude trying to get people to read his nonsense, right. not I mean, unlike Chris and I. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, okay, just so like... It on people. <laughs> I mean, he just like he just kind of sounds like a general knob, and that's fine. Like, but here's the thing. To be fair, it was 1849. Yeah, I'm gonna give that dude a pass. Like, in fact, anyone before space travel was a thing gets a free pass from me. Really? Because, yeah, because here's the thing. Even before given the fact that all of the science for round Earth exists at this point, 
Yeah, because there's no real going to space and viewing with your eyes. Okay. That is a round Earth. Like, without... You know what I mean? Like I get that the science is there, but again, that's the that's the that's the argument of the case of since yeah. the science okay. is there, do we just blindly believe or? But again, like well, maybe he's gonna I get can a free change your mind with the next guy. All right, maybe we'll no see. more he, free passes after this. This guy gets a free pass. Fair enough. William Carpenter, a printer originally from Greenwich, England, okay. home of the Royal Observatory and right, center right. to the study of astronomy was a supporter of Robotham. Carpenter published Theoretical Astronomy Examined and Exposed, Proving the Earth Not a Globe, in eight parts. Eight fucking parts. Eight parts. Jesus. From that sounds 1864, like under the name Common Sense. Oh. So original. Oh, smart dude. Real smart guy on our hands. Oh, common Sense. Oh, that's my name. Fucking Shut the fuck bag up. of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> He later immigrated to Baltimore, of all places, where he published 100 Proofs the Earth is Not a Globe in 1885. He wrote, quote, There are rivers that flow for hundreds of miles towards the level of the sea without falling more than a few feet, notably the Nile, which in a thousand miles falls but a foot. A level expanse of this extent is quite incompatible with the idea of Earth's convexity. It is therefore a reasonable proof that Earth is not a globe. End quote. As well as, quote, If the Earth were a globe, a small model globe would be the very best because the truest thing for the navigator to take the sea with him. But such a thing as that is not known, which such a toy as a guide, the mariner would wreck his ship of a certainty. This is proof that Earth is not a globe, end quote. In other words, because we use maps, the Earth is flat. If we yeah. used globes, then the Earth would be a globe. Dude, fuck off. I mean, okay, again, this guy's going to get the small pass. He put I the work you. in. I can't he believe put, you. He put the work in. He put the work in. He did the river thing. I don't think the river thing was the right thing. But listen, he did it, all right? So, like, but again, his reasoning is pure shit. It, the whole, like, how is rivers that flow 100 miles without falling a few feet really proof of anything? Yep. So, again, it's, like, just kind of going against the, the, the known narrative. I don't know. So, he's. I, I'm going to give him a pass again. Anyway. But Let's try it's, the a next small, guy. it's a small pass. We'll, it's a small, we'll, small we'll pass. We'll try the next guy. Small, small pass. The pass is getting smaller, I'm hoping. They, they are getting... <laughs> Listen, there's not a lot of pass left to hand out. All right. John Jasper, an American slave turned prolific preacher and friend of Carpenter's, echoed his friend's sentiments in his most famous sermon, quote, the sun do move, end quote, preached over 250 times, always by invitation in a written account of his sermon, Published in the Richmond Whig of March 19, 1878, Jasper says he could frequently, he would frequently cite the verse, quote, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, end quote, and followed up by arguing, quote, We are living on a four-cornered earth. Then, my friends, will you tell me how in the name of God can the earth with four corners be round? End quote. In the same article, he argued, 
quote, If the earth is like others say, who hold a different theory, people on the other side, those people would be obliged to walk on the ground with their feet upwards like flies on the ceiling of a room. End quote. <laughs> you're going to hate me. I hate you already. Yeah. I know what you're going to say, and I don't That's like fine. it. That's fine. Okay, listen. His reasoning's not great. Okay. But this is this is eighteen seventy eight. You're going to church. Church is church is the bottom line back then, right? Like scripture church is kinda of, like yeah, it's, scripture has it's a lot almost law. This. It's almost law back then, right? So it's hard to dock him as a person for believing that without the solid evident picture proof that Earth is round. Um it like it, and again Back then, faith was word of law, and oh boy, did people have fucking faith back then. So your preacher was basically your educator back in that time. Hard to dock him personally for believing it. Pfft, tiniest pass. Okay. Okay. It's a okay. sliver of a pass, JR. Okay. Next guy. The next guy. <laughs> Brockport, New York, 1887. <laughs> MC Flanders, not to be confused with Ned Flanders argued the case of a flat earth for three nights against two scientific gentlemen defending sphericity. Sphericity, sorry. Five townsmen chosen as judges voted unanimously for a flat earth at the end. The case was reported in the Brockport Democrat. That's just like, that's just, I don't know, that's just the most popular thing wins. That's stupid, but I mean, if the reputable Brockport Democrat reported it, then it must be true. <laughs> Right? <laughs> like, kidding, of course, because what the fuck kind of magazine is that? I don't know. Is it a magazine? I don't, even? Know. I don't even know. I have no idea. I just, it, it was that was an extra Rockport five Democrat. minutes of research that I didn't want to be a part of. That's fair. I don't blame you. Next guy. Next guy. All right. Professor Joseph W. Holden of <laughs> Maine, a former justice of the peace, gave numerous lectures in New England and lectured on flat earth theory at the Columbian Exposition in Chicago. His fame stretched to North Carolina where the Statesville semi-weekly landmark <laughs> recorded at his death in 1900. We hold to the doctrine that the earth is flat ourselves and we regret exceedingly to learn that one of our members is dead. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Sure, yeah. The earth is still flat, guys. One of our members are dead. Good yeah. meeting. Let's go. All right. We're out. Mm -hmm. Like, what was that? Are you going like, to give this guy a fucking pass? No. This guy Good. can go to hell. <laughs> Shit, dude. Next. Yeah. After Robotham's death. Remember Robotham? Lady Elizabeth Blount created the Universal Zetetic Society in 1893 in England and created a journal called Earth Not a Globe Review, which sold for two pence. Sick. That's right, shave and haircut. <laughs> two pence. Anyway, that's uh, actually two bits, but that's beside the point. <laughs> as well as one. As well as another one called Earth. Which only just Earth, yeah, which, Earth, which only lasted from 1901 to 1904. She held that the Bible was the unquestionable authority on the natural world and argued that one could not be a Christian 
and believe that the earth was a globe. Okay. I mean, I was in Catholic school for a long time, and I I didn't get the flat earth part of it. Oh, they didn't throw that at you? Uh, Well-known members included E.W. Bullinger of the Trinitarian Bible Society, Edward Hawkton, senior moderator in natural science in Trinity College, Dublin, and an archbishop. Sure. Yeah. She repeated Robotham's experiments, generating some interesting counter-experiments, but interest declined after the First World War, go figure. The movement gave rise to several books that argued for a flat, stationary Earth, including Terra Firma by David Wardlaw Scott. Okay, so I think it's very odd that being a Christian and believing in flat Earth seemed to be a, they like seem a, a to common go hand trend. In hand. Yes, it, it's... And like, so, okay, again, I'm not at all religious, but does it say anywhere in the good book that the earth is flat, or is that just, like, super loose wording? I don't think they go into astrology that much, because I think, like, God was everywhere, and if you believe anything other than that, Satan has his hold on you. That's fair. So, so it's like the, the, the human garbage monsters yeah, not, interpret how right, they want that to fit their angle. It's not really, like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I haven't read the Bible cover to cover like I right, had, yeah. I had sixteen years of Catholic school to get my education on on Christianity and Catholicism and other uh, other um, uh, religions as well. But I don't remember anything about the Earth being flat being actually in the Bible. Yeah. I could be wrong. And like again, like I know it's not again repeating myself. I know it's not all Christians. I get it. But like you know, there's some of like the the, the diehards that are like. You know, they're going to use the wording so loosely and mm-hmm. do stuff like damn homosexuals and stuff like that. But then the same, the same concept. jabroni knuckle dragger is there with an American cross flag tattoo and like a cross tattoo and yep. a Punisher tattoo. And it's just like, like it says in there too that like you can't reach salvation with that because you've, you know, basically mutilated yourself. Yeah. So it's like you can't pick and choose it's gotta yeah i don't know dude it, you're 100 anyway right. i no, you're i digress right. it, it drives me crazy because it, it's just again it's just like use it as the guidelines it was supposed to be right loose guidelines just yeah. like be a better person leave other people alone just <laughs> anyway end rant okay <laughs> in 1898, during his solo circumnavigation of the world, Joshua Slocum encountered a group of flat earthers in Durban, South Africa. That's right. It spread from England to South Africa. Great. Here we are. Three Boers, one of them a clergyman, represented Slocum with a pamphlet. Oh, I'm sorry, presented Slocum with a pamphlet in which they set out to prove that the earth was flat. Paul Kruger, president of the Transvaal Republic, advanced the same view. You don't mean round the world. It's impossible. You mean the world. You mean in the world? Impossible. It's, again, it's just like, sure, whatever. At the time, there was no way to look up or dispute it. You know what I mean? Like, can't pull out your smartphone and fact check it you're just are you like, done with free whatever. passes yet are you still giving these guys free passes uh, not really but again like again you bring that to you bring it to africa how are you going to dispute it you know what i mean someone's just coming over and being like hey look at these facts like I, uh, 
but like come at from this England at this time, people were literally trying to sail around the world. Like 1492, Columbus was trying to go that way to come this way to get to China. True, true. And he hit land and was like, "Hmm, what the fuck? this must be it." Oh wait, it's not. <laughs> like the Panama Canal exists yeah. so that you can literally just go right through North America and come back around. <laughs> anyway. That wasn't a free pass, by the way. I just want to be clear. Okay, fair enough. 1915 to 1942. Wilbur Glenn Voliva, who in 1906 took over the Christian Catholic Church, a Pentecostal sect, that established a utopian community in Zion, Illinois. All of those things. By the way, it's Illinois, not Illinois. I know that. But all of those other things I just said are craziness in and of itself. Pentecostal sect. <laughs> utopian community. Yikes. And mm-hmm. Zion, which is supposed to, I think, be like the paradise, is, is usually referred to as Zion. So they named a piece of Illinois Zion. Anyway, he preached flat earth doctrine. He used a photograph of a 12-mile stretch of shoreline at Lake Winnebago, Wisconsin, taken three feet above the waterline to prove his point. When the airship Italia disappeared on an expedition to the North Pole in 1928, he warned the world's press that it had sailed over the edge of the world. He offered $5,000 reward for proving the earth is not flat under his own conditions. Of course, it's his own conditions. <laughs> right. Teaching a globular earth was banned in Zion schools, and the message was transmitted on his WCBD radio station. God, dude, like, what a loser. Like, seriously, like, under my own conditions. You have to I prove don't... me wrong, but only in a way that I decide. Yeah, exactly. Like, if I don't like your proof, I ain't gonna give you squat. Like, jeez, what a what a knob. Ridiculous. Yeah, seriously. Oh, what a jamoke. Nineteen fifty-six. Here's where it gets real good. And we're gonna get into this guy much more in depth in a little bit. But nineteen fifty-six, Samuel Shenton. Get used to hearing that fucking name. Set up the International Flat Earth Research Society, also known as IFERS, IFERS, or better known as the Flat Earth Society, FES, from Dover, UK, as a direct descendant of the Universal Zetetic Society. Eh, you gotta set up somewhere. I mean, again, no one's peeped that, that round Earth from space. It's before 61, before that first cosmonaut. Not giving him a pass. I'm just saying. That's if you fine. I get in listen, it. It's like, this is the only guy I will let you give a pass to because we're okay. going to go very in-depth into him and you're not going to give him a pass. Oh, I'm going to revoke that pass? Okay. <laughs> very quickly. And lastly, <clears throat> in 2018, astronomer Yael Naze analyzed the controversy over a Ph.D. thesis proposed by a student at the University of Sfax in Tunisia, 
which defended a flat Earth as well as a geocentric model of the solar system and a young Earth. The dissertation, which had not been approved by the Committee Overseeing Environmental Studies theses, had been made public and denounced in 2017 by Professor Hafed Ateb, a founder of the Tunisian Astronomical Society, on his Facebook page. Jesus. Yeah, okay. Here's the thing. No excuse in 2018. Fuck off. Exactly. Like, no get pass. The fuck out. No get the pass fuck out of you. my house. Of all of these jamokes that we've just talked about, the man we really want to focus on is Samuel Shenton, the biggest winner out of all of them. The man responsible for FES. So if you haven't rage quit this episode yet, but we're thinking about it, this is the guy that just might put you over the edge. Now here's the craziest thing I think so far, and that is saying a lot. Yeah, like please don't rage quit on us, guys. We're, yes. we're, we're in this together now. But here is so far the craziest thing. The FES page only has half a paragraph on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so here it is okay here you okay. go yep. Samuel Shenton a fellow of the Royal Astronomical Society and the Royal Geographic Society founded the Flat Earth Society in, in 1956 after renaming it from the Universal Zetetic Society he led the Flat Earth Society from its founding in 56 until his death in 71 at which time leadership passed to Charles K. Johnson Shenton collected material gave lecture and generated publicity for the society so that by his death in 1971 the society had over 100 members you'd think the guy literally founded the cult would get more than a couple of sentences but that's all they have on him oh my god no not this time also listening to you read that right now my god it reminds me of when the uh when the 360 game developer was up there he was just like developers 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 like that whole paragraph is just society 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 yep. like over and over it's just like half of that paragraph was just the word society and the other half was other people's names yeah <laughs> fuck off that's all you have bunch of knobs yes so I did a little more research on this guy, a.k.a. typed his, in, his name into Wikipedia. Yeah, that's all he deserves. <laughs> yeah. And here's what we got. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt because I'm sure the Flatter Society had a lot to do with this Wikipedia page, too. Born, 1903. Died, 1971. That's it. Oh. No, I'm, just, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, the lifespan's pretty good for that time period. Yeah, I mean, that's all bad. I got. Modern medicine, yeah. he's, what, 68? Yeah, he's doing pretty all right. Quick, quick maths. <laughs> quick, quick maths. Yes. Okay, so Samuel Shenton started out as a sign writer who oh. lived with his wife Lillian in a ginger brick terrace in suburban Dover. Why is that important? I don't know, nor do I care, but here we go. He's the son of an army sergeant major, born in Great Yarmouth, and by the 1920s claimed to have invented an airship that would rise into the atmosphere and remain stationary until the Earth spun westward at 1,000 kilometers an hour or 620 miles an hour to the desired destination at the same latitude. Shenton could not understand why someone had not previously thought of his idea until he discovered it. In, reading, in the reading room of the British Library at Bloomsbury that Archbishop, Archbishop Stevens, a friend of Lady Blount, don't forget her, 
the founder of the Universal Zetetic Society, has suggested an aircraft design similar to his own. When he went, when he discovered Parallax's Zetetic astronomy, he was an instant convert. Quote, what the authorities were concealing, Shenta decided, was the fact that the Earth was flat. End quote. That, like, I don't... I don't even know what that test is proving. Like, if that's how it worked, then we wouldn't have airplanes. We would just have a like, balloon that flies up, and we would just sleep in that balloon until we got to our destination. And then it would just go back down. But, like, that doesn't prove flat Earth. Listen, like, I don't understand. This guy, in the words of... Oh, what's his name? Jacobs from Borderlands 3. Oh, yeah. The I forget his first name. It's like Winifred or something like that. Yeah. To take his best line in the video game, this guy is nuttier than squirrel shit. <laughs> Truly, though. <laughs> Shenton soon constructed a cosmology based partly on his interpretation of Genesis. Back to the freaking scripture. Mm, of course. That Earth was a flat disk centered on the North Pole with the Zetetic notion of the South Pole being an impenetrable wall of ice that marked the edge of the pit that is the Earth in the endless flat plane forming the universe. The sun cast a narrow beam like a flashlight moving over a table at its trace, as it traced flat circles that varied over the 365-day cycles. The sun is, according to them, 32 miles in diameter, 3,000 miles above the Earth, and the moon is also 32 miles in diameter, but only 2,550 miles above the Earth. I'm assuming that's how they're explaining eclipses. Absolute nonsense, dude. I've also heard people of like this crazy society thinking that like the South Pole doesn't have a wall, but like just like the end of the world like almost walking into like a tv static if you it just would, goes on forever of, like, the blizzard yeah but that's just called snow you everything you dip people shit. believe is fucking nonsense anyway in 1956 as we discussed he founded the fes as a direct descendant of the universal zetetic society but with a less religious emphasis so that's like maybe okay. his only one redeeming thing is sure. that he tried to step away from the religion a little bit. Like, sever that background. Yeah. Right. But he found a president in William Mills, which is a relative, pardon me, which is a relative of one of Lady Blount's followers. Gotcha. Yeah. But severing the religious background, big thing. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. I mean, just get it out. Like, you don't need to make a whole group of people look bad because mm-hmm. you're nuts. Like, that's not fair. Here's where <laughs> this guy just starts making me laugh. All right. Like, it just starts getting absolutely insane from here on out. Despite the launch in October of, of 1957 of Sputnik, which is the world's first artificial satellite, right? Yeah. For those of you who have never heard of Sputnik, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? Pay attention in school. <laughs> Shenton proved a popular speaker to small groups enjoying particularly talking to children, red flag, never declining an invitation. (laughs) He claimed that satellites simply circled over a flat disk world and was quoted by saying the follows. Would sailing around the Isle of Wight prove that it were spherical, he demanded? 
As manned space flight started in 1961, Shenton began to attract international media attention with his denials, telling the Koshokton Tribune, yes, Koshokton, on the 10th of May that astronauts could never travel into orbit. That's a direct quote from him. Astronauts could never travel into orbit. Hey, Shenton, fuck you, first off. Oh, like, dude, wait, I... wait for it. It gets better. Uh, like, his reasoning is so bad. The Isle of oh, Wright yeah. analogy is so stupid and bad, it proves nothing. Like, try sailing underneath it and and then tell me if it's round or not, you fucking knob. <laughs> like, god damn it, you moron. I'm this so, okay. may be This may be the ballsiest thing he's done and i really wish he got a punch in the face for it but i don't yes. think he did no no, no this next stupid... thing this next thing. okay all yeah. right because that was stupid he, he needs to punch yeah. in the face for that john glenn famous okay. guy cool mm-hmm. astronaut right yeah john glenn when he orbited the world he was sent a fes membership in the mail after he came back with the message Okay, wise guy, added to it. Shenton continued lecture largely at his own expense, but suffered two strokes in 63. Oh. Fuck this yeah. guy. All right, listen, like, stroke sucks. I'm not going to celebrate that. That's a yikes. But, like, holy shit, John Glenn, I, he probably sent the stroke in the mail. Like, <laughs> fuck, dude. That was, that was such a, like, power move. The reason why I have it in this outline written up that way is because I think it's ironic that they stepped away from religion when founding the FES, and then essentially karma came back and bit him in the ass for this one. Right. Oh, that's so good. (laughs) Jesus, dude. The Gemini 4 mission that marked a change of pace for his campaign, and he was to receive letters from across the world for the next few years. In 66, he produced a pamphlet, the plain truth which included a circular informing members that modern astronomy and space flight were insults to god and divine punishment for humankind's arrogance was a mere matter of time Ugh. guess we went back to scripture yeah right what's the punishment progress yeah. you moron <laughs> jesus dude but the lunar orbiter program led to a sharp decline in membership for the fes because shit's happening right yeah visual images whether they were globes photographs or television pictures were clearly critical to how people perceive the earth's shape and preschool children could know that it was round even if they had no grasps of words mathematics geography astronomy and science god just a stubborn ass is what that guy's mean mm-hmm. just like oh boo-hoo they're gonna see through my sham basically like yeah God, and that makes me so happy that it's just like, okay, here's the image of the Earth. It's round, and everyone just went, yep, that's it. See ya. Yeah, exactly. Well, yes. <laughs> but it didn't matter to him. <laughs> By 1968, oh, two-stroke Shenton, as they called him. Two strokes. His health had deteriorated further, and his sign writing business had collapsed. Because <laughs> don't forget, he's a sign writer. Yeah, that's right. He just let that go to shit. <laughs> Although the media attention continued. But he stuck to his principles, which I guess you can respect a little bit. I guess. Um, of zetetic inquiry, in which only personally acquired facts were permissible. In January 69, 
the FES had dropped to 100 members worldwide. But as his organization was dying, he, founded the, he found the successor he'd been looking for, Ellis Hillman. A lecturer and member of the Greater London Council agreed to be president of the FES with the encouragement of Patrick Moore. Eighteen months later, Shenton had died, but he died, but he did what he set out to do. He created a cult that still believes the earth is flat. And what's more disheartening, they made a comeback from having only 100 members. That's now, sad. okay, so we talked about this earlier. Yeah. I could not find anything in my research that gave an actual number of uh, members currently in the FES. That's one of the things that I was trying to get from them mm-hmm. in an interview that they ignored me. Coward. But it was as low as 100, and the highest number I could find was 3,000. Okay. Okay, and all of these people are all over the world, which you can insert your face palm emoji here. Yeah. But, but why? Why do people believe this? What exactly is it that they believe besides just that the earth is flat? And how do they explain some of the science out there that essentially just proves them wrong? Well, okay, okay. Against... My better judgment, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. And I want a divorce. Def- I, that's fair. I'm going <laughs> to play devil's advocate, and I'm going to defend Flat Earth Society. My defense for them is that, again, before 1961, where there was dead-ass proof out there mm-hmm. that the Earth was not flat, it was just people theorizing left and right. Again, uh, uh, the science Based going Based on back to- nonsense science, but yes. Right, right. And again, it's it's theories going back and forth. Everyone mm-hmm. throwing theories back, but there was just there was no solid concrete proof back then. There was no visual like, "Hey, we we're sending this back to Earth. Here we are taking pictures of the Earth." Okay. Um. So there was really no sol- a solid way to prove one way or another. Again, that's just where I sit on that. But space was just kind of like a dream back then, and people can only fantasize about what lies out there. Um. So I can easily see why people would believe the Earth is flat as well. Um, I also have a defense for people who still believe it to this day, but I will save that for the next episode. Well, that leads us to, again, why do people believe this? What exactly is it do they believe? And how do they explain some of the science, right? Because people have gone up to space, they've taken the pictures, they've come back. And all of the science now is just telling them that they're wrong. Well, that's where we're going to pick up on the next episode. Yep. So, exactly. cliffhanger, yay! <laughs> now we get to get the nitty-gritty science behind Correct. it. Correct. It's going to be fun. It's going to suck. If you have any urban legends or conspiracy theories that you think we should cover, feel free to email us at the number four guys media network at gmail.com. Please make sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Click the like and subscribe icons on YouTube on the 4Guys Media Network page. Or check us out on SoundCloud by searching M-I-O-H-Pod, all one word. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time on the Mystery in Our History podcast. Bye. See ya.